Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts Pod today, guys. We have Jessica Miller and KJ Reed. And we are interviewing our friend Janae Goodrich. We've known Janae for like how many years now? Six. Six years. That's a long time. Yeah. We met her when we were doing our internship during grad school, and she was so much fun to hang out with. And she is now a therapist as well. And so what we did was we reached out to her because she was adopted and she is actually, it's an interracial adoption. We reached out to her to find out kind of her experience. And especially we wanted to highlight her experience finding her birth family, because this is a big thing for kids who are adopted at birth, who have a closed adoption. It's not very common anymore. And so it's kind of an interesting thing to see how she went about finding her birth family and all of the information about it. So Tune in. It's a super great story. We promise you guys are going to be shocked. It's amazing. Major, Here we go. Major plot twist. Yes. So much. So much. So good. Yeah. Yep. So here we go. Cue the interview. Okay, guys. Here's Janae. Janae, welcome. Hi, you guys. Oh, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're so excited to have you here. So let's just jump right in. Why don't you... Tell us a little bit about your story. We'll start there. Oh, my gosh. That's a loaded question, KJ. Um, <laughs> I, sheesh. Well, first of all, I was adopted. Um, my parents adopted six kids. So I've got a very, I grew up with a very colorful family. And yeah, it was, it was all that I knew. And it was my norm. And so my oldest my like my oldest sibling's white and she's married to a Japanese guy. And then my next sibling's white, he's not married. My next brother's um half African American and he married a girl from the, that's Hawaiian and Chinese. And my next sibling is um African American and Filipino. He married a girl from the Marshall Islands. And then there's me and I'm half black and I married a white guy and my little sister is half black as well and she's not married so oh my gosh diversity in yeah. one family that's awesome I love it. tell me about it so a lot of people don't think my siblings are really my siblings because <laughs> we're all very different but the same at the same time so yeah I bet those grandchildren are just like gorgeous and like you guys are just like a beautiful melting pot it's awesome are you guys all um, infant adoptions, foster care? Like, how did you guys come to your family? Yeah, yeah. Good question. We were all infant adoption. My older brother, he was the oldest out of all of us, um, but and he was like four months. So we were still all babies. The rest of us, I was a, about a week and a half. So I was with the foster family for a week and a half until I actually flew out to Utah, um, you know, to be with my parents and my family now. So... So how did your parents 
kind of introduce the fact that you were adopted to you? Well, it's something that we kind of have always known, um, seeing as we looked different than they did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just something that we talked about and all the time. And I remember, I remember once my, my little sister, we were talking about, my aunt tells this story all the time, but she's like, Jenny, I remember when you were about six years old, which means my little sister would have been about three. And I was like, who would give me up for adoption? Like, I'm great. You know, and I always had this. attitude yeah I'm the best yeah like I'm great why would someone do that and my little sister's like what's adoption (laughs) so even if she was super little but we just it was something that was not hidden it wasn't a secret my mom was unable to have kids she had to have a hysterectomy and so she she went the route of adoption and she knew that that's the way that it was supposed to go so I love that and I bet having siblings older than you who were adopted really helped that conversation just be a normal part of the household. Yeah, yeah definitely. My my older brother, for a while, though, he thought that babies came from planes <laughs> because every time my parents would go to the airport, they'd pick up a new baby. And oh my so gosh. my That's brother like really would be adorable. like, I'll be with them on 747s. Yeah. <laughs> So my mom's like, oh, we need to explain that a little bit better. <laughs> yes. People had the babies and then we picked them up. <laughs> yes. My parents were just open to, to adopting um, anyone and everyone that they could because um, they wanted a big family and wanted to be able to love kids as much as they could. <laughs> Even though they couldn't have their own biologically. So they sound like rad people. That's awesome. They're pretty cool. (laughs) Just curious. What was the effect of being adopted on your childhood? So it still happens now, but when I was little, I would notice when a black person would walk in the room or I Mm -hmm. would notice like there were things like that. We'd walk to, we'd walk down a street or go to the park or be at a store. And I would notice someone with really curly hair like mine. And I would say, mom, like, they look like me. So I was always noticing that because we stuck out so much and mm-hmm. didn't see a whole lot of that except for my sister and my two older brothers. Um, so I would say that I don't know if it was negative or positive necessarily, but I think that impacted me. And that still happens to this day because I live in a predominantly white <laughs> neighborhood still. And so I just notice I notice because it's something I don't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. So I know that now they recommend like if you adopt a child that's a different race than you, they recommend that you adopt another child who is also that race. So that child has someone who is the same as them, you know, are yeah. you like grateful that your parents had that in your family? Definitely. I think it would be really, I think it would be really hard to, to be the only one like you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, if I was the only one like me, I think it would be, I think it would be really difficult. Um, cause we, we had that, that connection. And even though we looked different from society, like we were the same ourselves and had that in common. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, I'm really glad that I had others that I could relate to. Um, and my parents, <laughs> we were part of this. I don't even know if it's still going on, 
but we were part of this black awareness club. So there were other families who uh-huh. adopted kids. Um, and we would go to these functions and activities and mingle with other, other um, parents who had adopted black children. And we really got to learn more about our culture and, you know, as, you know, being African-American heritage and things like that. So it was really cool to have that instilled in us as well. Like, this is who we are um, ethnically, but this is who you are, you know, in our family and would teach us things and stuff like that. So it was cool to have that introduced to us. I was going to say, it's nice that your parents were aware enough, especially like 35 years ago, because people were not aware of things. I think now it's norm to be like, oh, I need to make sure I keep the culture and I introduce my child to these people. But it's like very forward thinking of your parents to have done that because I feel like it didn't always happen, you know? Oh, exactly. No, I worked in an adoption agency in Texas and we would get kids all the time or parents that would call in and say, okay, now how do I tell my kid that they're adopted or how do I, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, oh, 25 years late, you know? I don't know. That's yeah, just seriously. Thing, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Was your adoption closed then? Yes. Yeah. So all of our adoptions were closed. Um, I had very little information. Um, I knew that I was adopted from Washington. And I knew that my mom was Caucasian um, and, you know, dad was black of some sort. That was really it. Yeah, I'm trying to think like that was really that was really it. We were given paperwork on how tall she was and things, but didn't have a whole lot of medical information, didn't know her name, um, how old she was, you know, that sort of stuff. So. So how was that part of it growing up being like, I have these parents out there in the world. Who are my bio parents? Yeah. Um, So I have always felt some really strong connection towards my biological family. And I don't even know. I don't know why. Out of all of my siblings, my other siblings, completely happy and fine um, with, you know, they were completely happy and fine with not knowing any information um, about their biological parents, which is totally fine. Um, but I always had this desire to want to know more. I don't know. I, I hated growing up and not having those little things like when friends would say, you've got your mom's smile or, oh man, you totally have your dad's eyes. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know where I got my dimples from or my curly hair or my talents. Um, I didn't have any of that information. So that was really hard um, growing up. And I always had this desire to want to know more about where I came from. So even if it was just, if I found out my birth mom's name and she had passed away, I would have felt that that was closure enough, even just having that because I didn't have any information. So kind of a crazy story. When I was, um, in Texas going to grad school, Washington had, cause I had tried to find information on her, but it was nearly impossible. Okay. Um, Washington had passed this law where if you were born, um, you know, before a certain time, before a certain year, you could request a copy of your original birth certificate. So oh. I did that and entered all my information and got 
my original birth certificate because when you're adopted, they seal your original birth certificate and, you know, your adoptive parents are placed on your birth certificate as your parents. Mm -hmm. So I had her name. I had the age that she was at when I was born, 17. I had the address she lived at when I was born. I had, right. I had all this information that I didn't have before and it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. So do you have any contact with your birth family now? Yeah. So I, my husband and I did a lot of researching and the second I had her name, let's try and find her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Facebook, Google search, right? Right. That's what I would do first. I don't know. (laughs) Really, really though. So I was like, this is going to work out. Like we're going to find her and looked, looked on Facebook and we found someone that her name's Danielle. We found someone who was named Danielle, who still lived in Washington, where I was born. Um, She had the same last name that was on my birth certificate. But I'm like, this was 30 years ago. I don't know if she still has that last name. name. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to find her now? Well, I knew that that she was um, LDS. Um, I did know that. And so I stalked her Facebook (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I found that she, one of her grandparents had passed away and they had a funeral and within, I'm such a sneak, within the obituary, I dug it. <laughs> it said that he was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I was like, okay, her name's Danielle. She's got the same name, still lives in Washington and she's a member of the LDS Church. So this could potentially be her. Yeah. I don't know. And... And so I reached out and I sent, I sent her a message pretending like I was someone else. I was going to say, how <laughs> did you do that? I know it's kind of funny. Um, Cause for some reason I, I felt like it would have been really weird or hard for me to say, I think you might be my birth mom. But so I said, Hey, I'm, I'm reaching out for, for a friend. Um, did you happen to place a, I wanted to give little information. Did you happen to place a baby for adoption? Um, she never responded. And so I either thought this isn't her um, or it is her and she thinks that I'm crazy <laughs> and doesn't want to talk to me. So I didn't really know. And I was in grad school, got busy. And so I kind of stopped looking for a few months. And a few months later, she wrote back and she said, yes, I did place a baby for adoption. And I was freaking out. <laughs> so I'm freaking out right now. What happened next? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So apparently she she didn't get my message because we weren't Facebook friends. And so, I don't know, it sends to some weird inbox. Anyways. Yeah, it goes to like this other thing. I have yeah. occasionally found things there. And I'm like, oh, I missed that person's surprise party. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, right? It's so weird. So she, she responds and I said, can I, can I get a little bit more information? Um, I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but she said, yeah, I placed a baby girl. She was born on April 6th, my birthday. Um, so I'm like, oh my heck, this could really be her, but I still needed to be sure. I don't know why. Um, I do love that. Cause I'm like, that seems like a lot of evidence. <laughs> She has the same name, the same place with your birthday. It seems like your bio mom. I don't know. I, I know. I know, right? I know. But, but I love I, how that 
Yeah. I think part of me was just terrified too. Like, I think this is really her, but I need to oh, be I sure. <laughs> there yeah. are all the emotions were, were happening. Um, and in high school, I found out that my birth mom was raped, which I can get into as well. But, um, so I knew, so I got a letter from her saying, you know, what had happened that she had been attacked and I had a blanket that, that she made for me that had, you're someone special sewn into it. I asked her, you know, more questions and she, she responded. She said, well, you know, I had been attacked and placed my baby girl for adoption. I wrapped her up in this. I, you know, had all of these things. Mm. And so I knew 100% that she was definitely my birth mom. And I told her that I said, I I think you might be my birth mom. And she said, when I saw your picture, I knew it was you, but I could tell that you were uncomfortable. And so I went along, I went along with it because I wanted, I wanted you to be okay with what was happening. I respect what you needed. That was really cool of her. And we, we talked nonstop for weeks, months, um, and I found out little things about her that were nice to know. Like I played volleyball all growing up, played in college. I found out that she played volleyball as well. And there were just really cool things about her. She talked about how, because I asked her if she knew my birth father at all. And she said she didn't know him. And she was telling me the story of, of what had happened which is mind blowing. Um, And then she stops and says, are you okay with all of this? Mm -hmm. And I said, am I okay? You're the one that experienced this. Are you okay with all of this? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just, I don't know. It was, it was really cool and unique for her to say that because I wasn't expecting it, but she had done a lot of work herself and a lot of healing um, that after that, after she was raped and placed me for adoption, she actually helped and was an advocate for other women who had been abused and really turned what could have been a horrible and negative thing into a positive um, for her and for others that she worked with. So it was really cool. <laughs> but yeah, so we still have contact today. I have yet to meet her, but I hope to meet her in person. But we've talked on the phone and things like that. And I have two half siblings. So I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. And I've met my younger brother. He came out to Utah to visit. Um, and I met him. He's 18. So it's kind of crazy. But I they celebrated my birthday every year like it was a holiday. Right? Because oh, wow. I think with, right? I think with um <clears throat> with with rape cases, sometimes you're unsure of I didn't know if I was a secret, basically. I didn't know if her family knew. I didn't know if she was okay with it or if this was a piece of her life that she just wanted to go away completely. Um, Because sometimes this happens. It's it's not an easy thing for a woman to go through. Um, But all of her family knew. After I found her, I had multiple Facebook invites from aunts, uncles, (laughs) cousins, um, wanting to have a relationship with me and wanting to know more about me and just welcoming me into that part of the family. It was really overwhelming, but cool at the same but time. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's like 
double, I always say, because I obviously, you know, at the greenhouse, we work with kids who are adopted a lot. (laughs) But it's so nice because I'm always like, you just have twice as many people to love you, which is so great. So I'm glad that everyone's just showing up for you now. Like, that's amazing. I know. It's kind of unique that it happened that way. Yeah, it doesn't always. So it's always nice when it does and you're like, oh, I really do get twice the love. Because, yeah, it doesn't always happen that way. But it is beautiful when it does. Exactly. So with that, you know, with finding out that she was raped and things like that, did you have to do some of your own work around that to just kind of come to terms with everything? So when I when I found all that information out, it was it hit me really hard. And for years, I thought I was disgusting. I thought nothing good could come from this. Right. Like what? How could something wonderful come from something so awful? And so I had it really and I was in high school. So I think you're that's a really important age you're still trying to figure out your identity, who you are, what you want to be doing. Um, And so it hit me really hard. I had to do my own work and I had to realize my self-worth and really just build up my confidence in who I was as a person, despite what, what had happened. So it was a journey. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that you're like, oh, yeah, that was a turning point for me, like a person or something that you did or, you know, kind of a thing? Or was it just slow over time? Yeah, um, I think it was. I can't remember a specific point or person. But I think it was just slow over time um, because I would even after doing a lot of therapy, I would still fall back into old into old thinking patterns. Um but I think going to school, because this was all before I went to school to be a social worker and to be a therapist. And so a lot of that, learning about my own stuff in therapy and then being able to apply it in real life, um, I think really helped. And then also just talking with her, talking with my birth mom. Once I did find her, that was, oh gosh, four years ago now. That has done a lot of healing for me that I didn't think I needed because hearing her story and her journey and just how she's healed from it has been really empowering for me as well because she could have easily aborted me, right? She was 17, raped, like she didn't, she didn't have to go to go through with that. But if anything, she was pregnant. She dropped out of school for me. So some of her, one of her dreams was to be a dancer and she had to give all that up once she was pregnant with me. She missed opportunities to, you know, to, to do that. It was really empowering for me to, to hear from, from her and to have, you know, her experiences shown to me. Well, I think the timing of that is pretty cool because it sounds like you found out and you had some years to process through that and then when you did meet her, that enabled you to be able to hear that experience from her and be able to handle that and knowing about it, which is cool. 
Exactly. I don't think I really ever thought of it that way, but yeah, I think I was just being prepared along the way. Did you end up ever getting in touch with your birth father or learning more about him? (laughs) Yeah, this is the crazy story that happened right before I had my last baby. So So just barely. Yeah, three months ago. Okay. So I'm like 39 weeks pregnant. Very emotional (laughs) already. Um, I had this this guy who he's like a search angel. Um, He works with different adoption agencies and things like that. And and I had initially reached out to him in wanting to wanting to find more um, more of my birth family. And he reached out to me and said, "Hey, you've linked with someone on Ancestry." Um, And I said, "Yeah, I've I've already I knew about my birth mom." It's like, yeah, I've already linked with her. We've talked. He's like, no, um, you've linked with your birth father. And my jaw dropped. <laughs> wow. Like, huh? Um, I've done what? Because I never in a million years would have expected that that would have happened. Because I submitted my DNA results um, for about four years ago, just wanting to know more about my background. And apparently he submitted his DNA results in like a few months before we matched. So it was super crazy. So he, (laughs) I was going to go in and make my profile uh, private because I didn't know if I wanted him knowing who I am and things like that. Well, I I go into my ancestry profile and I have a message from him. And, And he says, hey, Janae, you know, I see that we've linked as father and child and although this is completely shocking what um i welcome this news and he's like i don't understand how this is possible or how this could have happened and i'm just as i'm reading this i'm getting angry (laughs) yeah like you don't remember you don't remember raping a 17 year old girl like you don't remember this and so I'm just getting furious and he's like, I'd love to get to know you more, but, you know, reach out to me, whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I reached out to my birth mom because I had his name and I said, you'll never guess what happened. I just linked with my birth father and she said, call me like we have to talk. Do you mind telling me his name? She's like, I think that would really help for closure for me. And, and I said, yeah, of course. And I told her what his name was and she's like, that's not the guy that attacked me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What? I'm like, how's that? Now here's the crazy part. As if the rest of that wasn't already. Apparently, two weeks before my birth mom was attacked, there was a ship of Navy sailors that, no. that ported my birth mom and her friend toured around a couple of sailors, one of them being my birth father. They had a one-night stand, spent the day together in Seattle. They never, they lost contact. They didn't have information. They just went about their lives and everything. And then two weeks later, she was attacked by this guy. <sighs> Finds out she was pregnant, assumes that she was pregnant as a result of this rape. But that wasn't the case. Oh my gosh that is so shocking okay well no wonder he's like so shocked yeah so all of the hatred (laughs) that I was feeling yeah 
way. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. So I had to explain to him. My birth mom has always been super open um, about sharing her story. And she's really good about accepting my boundaries and things like that. So she said, you can tell him everything. That's completely fine. So I reached out to my birth father and just kind of explained the scenario and what had happened. And he was floored, of course, as well, because he had, I mean, he's gone over 30 years not knowing that he had another daughter. So he he has two daughters. So I've got two of them, but kind of crazy, right? Oh my gosh. So you have like a, like, yeah. So your bio dad is like a good guy. Yes. (laughs) It's amazing. We've, yeah, we've chatted here and there and um, he lives back in like DC area and just gotten to know him and, and more about him. And it's, it's so crazy. And my birth mom is super excited about it because she said, I'm so glad that you can have a relationship with your birth father now. Like she was, she was really happy for me. Um, Because I was talking to her about it, and she's like, Janae, I still wouldn't have changed anything. Even if she knew that my birth father was the one that that got her pregnant, she's like, I still knew that you were supposed to be raised by someone else. So it was really cool, because I did question that. I'm like, I wonder if she would have known who he was if she would have tried to get in contact with him, you know, tried to make things work or whatnot. But she still knew that... She's like, I wouldn't have changed anything, even if I did now. How cool is she, though? Like, she is a rad lady for just like, like when you said that um, she celebrated your birthday like it was a holiday. Yes, that's like, so tender. How cool is that? She must have done so much of her own work to get to a place where she could just really celebrate your life. Yeah. Even though she felt or thought it was from these really awful circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy. So I think that because I think knowing her and her personality um, has given me a lot of strength um, and just made me the fighter that I am today because of her. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's cool to see those similarities and that despite the crap that's going to happen, like you can still be strong and and a warrior, you know, if yeah, people are resilient and it is beautiful to see when people pull through hard things. It is amazing. Yeah. I love right. it. I mean, that's why I'm sure we're all therapists for that reason. <laughs> yes. So it was crazy because this this guy that I thought was a monster <laughs> is not mm-hmm. that at all. But I think I needed to know or needed to think anyways that he was this awful person in order for me to do my own work and to be at the place that I'm at today with mm-hmm. my self-worth and my confidence and things like that. I don't know if I would have been the same person not having that information. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting how life works out like that. Yeah. Um, so kind of crazy. Whoa. Kind of crazy how it all happened, right? Seriously, that is wild. I did not expect this plot twist. Yeah, (laughs) I figured you wouldn't. I'm. I've been on a journey tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I was on a journey then too. It was. I mean, I still am. I haven't. I don't think because I had my baby and um, sheesh. 
I don't think I've let myself really process what's happened, but it was, it was, it was an adventure as well. (laughs) So we may have some people listening who are considering adopting. And so what would your advice be to those parents who are thinking about it or pursuing that? Well, obviously I think that family should, should look at adoption. Um, I, cause I'm biased and think it's a wonderful thing. Um, but there's a lot that goes into it and families should consider whether or not, you know, a baby or young child or older child is right for their family. Cause I don't think all adoption stories have a pretty little bow just come together so neatly as mine did. Not neatly originally, or at least I didn't think so, but came together very nicely. And so those are just things to consider. Uh, Obviously, I think adoption is wonderful, but it's a everyone needs to do their own therapy because adoption is a grieving process for birth parents, for adoptive parents. There's a lot of loss involved. You know, adoptive parents may be infertility and the loss of their own biological kid. Um, Adoptees, the loss of having that relationship or being raised by biological parents or just having that information, depending on how open or closed your adoption is. And then the biological parents, of course, have that relationship with their biological child. I don't think adoption should be a scary thing. Um, I think a lot of people I talk to are like, adoption is amazing. Everyone should do it. And then the other end of the spectrum is no one should do it. Every adopted kid comes with attachment issues and this and that. And I don't think it's necessarily like that. Whether adopt your kid or not, they're going to have struggles and issues. And so just if you're willing to put forth the work that it takes in being a parent, then adoption could definitely be for you. I love that. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. It's work no matter what. It's a different kind of work. And so you have to be willing to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. And I hope that this really speaks to people who are listening because I just loved hearing you talk about that. It was amazing <laughs> because I just see these these teens I work with and a lot of them have some of that adoption trauma and they're working so hard on it. And to see kind of where you're at now, like that is my hope for them. And I just know that they can get there. So that's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. That means a lot. I completely agree. Thank you so much to Janae for joining us and tune in next week for our next episode. Thanks guys. Bye. 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 (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com. And if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Bluebirds. Bluebirds. Well, well, that's all for today. That's all, folks. I don't know. What should we say? Thank you, Janae, for joining us, and we will listen, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>
Solid. I was going to say. <laughs> you guys are crazy. 